You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Benny and the Bets. What's happening, everybody? Welcome in. It is Benny and the Bets. We are heading into week eight of the NFL season, the World Series is underway as well we are presented by of course by the good people over at pxg and pxg kansas city the first guest i ever brought on was a gentleman by the name of john lynn or of lynnheimer and for anybody that knows john john was in this industry for many many years and brought some industry secrets things where you could go to go beyond the, the behind the curtain a little bit from somebody who both was a professional better for decades and then somebody who had been running a book. And I was introduced randomly to our guest this week, a gentleman by the name of Rafael Esparza, who you should be following for a lot of these insights on Twitter, on X, whatever you're calling it these days, at vsidocsports.com by way of Gus Kengill's show over in New Orleans. I do a weekly hit there. And the moment that I heard Rafael as a guest host on this show, and I was talking about some of the lines and information that I had been hearing about over the course of the week. The moment, Raphael, that you started talking, I was like, oh, I think I might know some stuff. This guy definitely knows some stuff. And then I started to learn a little bit more about you. This is an industry that you've been in for many, many years. And I'm so grateful to have you on to not only talk about this week's slate, but also give our listeners a sense to once again, go behind the curtain and, and view the Wizard of Oz, so to speak again. So thanks so much for being here. Yeah, I would say I was also introduced to you by uh, my buddy Gus over in, over in ESPN New Orleans. I do his show, I think, twice, three times, or whatever. I don't know how many times <laughs> I'm on his show. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 so I was listening to you multiple weeks, and I've always asked him, who's this Benny guy? Because right? uh, Viserios likes to sing Benny in the, Benny in the Bets uh, every time you, you come on. So uh, so we, we got introduced on social media. And, it's, uh, yeah, it was, I was excited when you asked me to come on. But yeah, I'm old school. I mean, I'm almost 20, 25 plus years in the industry, so uh, I'm 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 a, I'm a dinosaur when it comes to sports betting. All right, so let's let's kind of walk through that timeline a little bit. When you first got involved in the industry, when you first started doing some bookmaking, take me through kind of your initial process then versus how much it's evolved and changed uh, over the last twenty plus years. I'll start legally, not illegally. I'll start sure legally <laughs> the process of it. Uh, I got hired at, at Caesar's Palace in 97, 97 98. Uh, and it was it was one of those moments where you your first day you got juiced in. My first day, they they've cleaned house. They fired a whole bunch of people my first day cuz some people were writing tickets for themselves. I mean, it was a whole like investi- it was a whole investigation part kind of it. And they asked me, "Hey, do you know how to work a computer and change TVs?" I'm like, "Uh, yeah." They're like, "Oh, so okay, you're not going to be a ticket writer. We need you to be an admin. Uh, and your job is to switch TVs, put all the sports betting information on the boards, stuff like that." So, uh, I'm like, "Oh, cool." So, I I got paid to watch TV, but I learned so much back then. From guys of like Vinny Marullo, who's over at Vison, Rich Bachelieri, who's over at Circa, uh, Lamar Mitchell, who runs uh, M- Bet MGM, uh, uh, Adam, who runs uh, Caesars and stuff like that. I worked with all those guys, and uh, I was there for a couple of years, and then uh, 
the management crew got all hired at MGM and they actually brought me with them over to MGM. So I was a supervisor over at MGM. Uh, this is way in a sports book where they were the EFX and we had to watch Rick Springfield perform <laughs> and, and the girls would go crazy after he after he would practice and stuff <laughs> like that. So the old sports book of MGM and uh, just like I said, just worked to work my way, uh, making odds. We were the first MGM. We were the first sports book to do WNBA odds. Me and uh, the guy that runs uh, Caesars, we were the first sports book to put WNBA odds. And I remember sweating those games because uh, you barely get any action. And, uh, and the bosses would be kidding. They're like, oh, if you lose, you have to bring us lunch tomorrow or stuff like that. They would always bust chops and all that. So it was interesting. And uh, and like I said, just kept on working up uh, through MGM properties. I worked on almost M- every MGM book. See, uh, Bellagio, New York, New York. I opened up New York, New York because that's when the ESPN zone was there. Right. And they, and they took me over there because I was doing all the media stuff. So I would just walk over to the ESPN, do interviews for uh, media, stuff like that, and just go back to my office over there. So I worked over there at New York, New York. Uh, I worked at Mandalay Bay for a couple of months, Bellagio, uh, the, the hub at the Mirage and uh, stuff like that. So I was all over. And then, uh, the evil, the evilness of opening up a casino. They asked me to open up Aria, design it, everything. Uh, I said, no, I don't want to do it. So I decided to do it. Uh, and I tell people I would never open up a casino ever again. Cause that's where all my gray hairs, uh, uh, popped up because this uh, picking carpet and TVs and bringing in your whole crew and uh, uh, working, I can probably say it. Uh, Billy Walters was there uh, from day one until every, every day. So I had to deal with him uh, every day. So that was probably why I got out of the industry. Uh, through, and I hated the corporate side of sports betting now, especially now in Vegas, where I always wanted to put up interesting prop bets and you had to go through gaming and it would be like, no, we don't want to. And no, we can't do this and stuff like that. I was tired of no, no, no. And so uh, I got my opportunity to uh, branch out into myself and to do other things. And uh, at the same time, as soon as I left, I was getting phone calls from global books and stuff like that. Hey, you want to do consulting work? We need someone to help us to do wrestling prop because i was doing i was already kind of ghost writing for wwe at the time doing wrestling prop bets for pay-per-views and stuff like that so uh, my name was already getting out there so i was just these people were like hey we need odds for more oscar bets and we need odds for movies and and then when the game of thrones came out that's when the prop bets for entertainment like kind of blew up because we were the first i was the first person to put up game of Thrones odds uh, and so it was just crazy. Now, like I said, now I just do consulting work for a whole bunch of U.S. books now. Because I think U.S. books are starting to going to realize political betting is like a, a big cash cow. And some of the entertain more, less entertainment, not like the weird ones, but like, you know, stuff that you can see on TV, dancing with the stars and all that. Uh, you're going to start probably seeing more books carry that kind of stuff. There's there's so many different avenues that I want to follow up on. I, I, I feel like I have to start with your your best Billy Walters story from... The times and interactions that you had with him when you were opening up Aria. Uh, there was, he was so, him and his whole crew, because people just thought it was him that would come up to the window. It was 99% of the time it wasn't him, but it was, it was his crew, but we would deal with him through phones and stuff like that. Hey, because there'd be times like, hey, he would bet one side because he would have limits and then we would need that side and we were, hey, uh, we would call like, hey, we'll give you extra. If we, we need this side. You want it again. We'll give you for this and stuff like that. So it was more phone calling than him and of course he would come in some days and collect cash tickets and collect his his earnings 
I don't have one particular story. He was really uh, he, he was really bad at NBA when I was dealing with him. I mean, he would crush <laughs> us in football and college basketball and stuff like that. I I, don't, I could honestly think he, I've never saw him just crush us on one NBA evening. Uh, but his whole crew, they were nothing but kind. Everyone gives gives him a bad rap. I mean, I can I can't say if he gave a bad rap, but all his people he worked for him that we dealt with were nothing but nice guys. They were respectful. Uh, treated my uh, treated all my ticket riders respectful. Billy was always respectful when he came in and stuff like that. So he, I thought he always got a bad rap. I, I don't, I've never seen the bad rap, but what I always saw, uh, he was nothing but kind, and his whole crew was nothing but kind. But uh, it, it was, I've never met a guy. That's why everyone says, "Oh, I'm sixty percent on free plays. I'm killing in the NFL. I'm eighty percent." I've only met two people in the sports gambling industry that I could I'll honestly say they were a little bit better than 60, 65% of the time. And Billy was one of them. Uh, yeah, then he is one of them. It, it is pretty interesting. And I, and I think it actually ties in really well with the entertainment prop side of what you're doing. Because I think what's, what's fascinating now about the industry, and again, this is from the perspective of somebody who got into sports betting and sports betting content by way of fantasy. When I got to Kansas City about 10 years ago, I was trying to get myself in an opportunity to not only produce our, our afternoon drive show at 610 uh, here in Kansas City, but I was looking for more on-air time. And the first on-air break that I had was to host our Sunday morning fantasy football show. And that was when fantasy was starting to evolve, too. It wasn't just the season-long league. DraftKings and FanDuel were slowly implementing a daily side. And now that's, you can argue it's a more popular version. And then from there, you start getting into more of the prop side of fantasy. And that was a world that was kind of cross colliding as well. And then perhaps it gets overturned. So this slow evolution is sort of snowballing a little bit. And I, I think it leads into the aspect of all these different entertainment props that are now slowly becoming more and more available. And by the way, I, I should mention too, that you have a site, you can bet that the letter U, you can bet that.com where you're setting all these different odds that aren't available at a lot of these sports books, maybe yet, but you're slowly starting to see more of them from your from your role as a consultant get picked up by a lot of these legal sports books as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the way, especially now in sports gambling, more people bet first to first to score twenty five over under points, rebounds, and assists, uh, total kicking points. You're starting to see more action into that. Uh, so I kind of want to enter show the entertainment side uh, of sports gambling, which. Which is some people, it's funny, you talk to sports gamblers and they're either really happy because they run or they're really angry. And I kind of want to show, you know, there's, it's fun. I mean, if you're that angry, then you're in the wrong profession or you're doing the something's totally, totally wrong uh, out there. So I kind of want to bring the entertainment side of sports gambling. That's why I got really, that's why I'm fond of doing all this. And it's great research. I tell people I do more research on movie prop bets and political stuff than I did for football and setting WNBA numbers and all that. It's, it's crazy research and I love it. Do you remember the one entertainment prop or maybe a series of them that um, really kind of blew up that, that got picked up far more than you ever would have anticipated? Oh, Game of Thrones by far. It was the game. The, when we started doing Game of Thrones odds, it was it was crazy. I did. I remember I did one. Who was gonna show? Who was gonna show nudity first? Like I, I listed all the female act actresses and all that, and it was, yeah. I I think Game of Thrones probably made it to a new a new level uh, than what it was. I think the funniest of uh, 
my most entertaining one was Halloween Kills. I did how many firefighters will Michael Myers kill in the opening scene? Uh, and, and and we had a, we had a couple of guys dispute it because I had to watch that scene probably fifty times counting how many kills, and it was it was ridiculous. But I think that was probably one of the funnier funnier ones that I had to grade and help help people grade tickets was the Michael Myers kills on the movie Halloween Kills. All right, so we I mean we're gonna take a short break here. On the other side, I I, I have a follow up for a lot of these because naturally, and and I think about this when it comes to say like maybe the the national anthem time at the super bowl like you're starting to slowly see more of the, the legal sports books start to take these on but inevitably there's always going to be a few folks that truly have inside knowledge so on the other side Raphael, i'm going to ask you about the limits that are involved in setting these types of odds and and what books can do to put themselves in a, in a position where if somebody is getting that type of information what they can do to make it as fair of a bet as possible Plenty more conversation, plus we'll dive into Chiefs and Broncos, go through the latest odds, get Raphael's perspective as a bookmaker on how better should be looking to approach this game, plus some other plays ahead of Week 8. Stay with us. This is Benny and the Bets. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for those jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Relish the best of autumn with fall flavors, our limited-time, only, hearty, comforting meals featuring seasonal veggies like cranberry pecan chicken and apple Dijon pork chops, ready in just two minutes. They'll satisfy your fall cravings during the busy season without the hassle. Looking for calorie-conscious options during the busy season? Try delicious, dietitian-approved, calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Head to factormeals.com KCSN50 and use code KCSN50 to get 50% off. That's code KCSN50 at factormeals.com KCSN50 to get 50% off. Hey everyone, this is BJ Kissel and I want to tell you about our friends at Batchelder Family Farms and KC Buffalo Company. Located in Belton, Missouri on the south end of Kansas City, this family-owned business has been taking care of Chiefs Kingdom's meat needs for nearly 100 years, even before Chiefs Kingdom. But it's where you want to get your meat going forward. Whether you're looking for the most flavorful steaks, beef, roast, or even bison meat, they've got you covered. They've got all the cuts on their grass-fed, hormone-free bison and beef products. Check out Batchelder Family Farms. Support local, support good meat. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, Rafael Esparza is with us here on Benny and the Bets. All right, so... You gave this great example of all these different Game of Thrones prop bets that were made available and Halloween. And I actually, when I was writing and I was managing editor over at BetSided, one of our most successful articles were about setting odds for who was going to be the successor in succession for who was going to replace Kendall Roy. That was a big one for us as well. We got a ton of traffic for that piece. It wasn't readily available at any book. Maybe you had those odds and I just never came across them. I set them myself along with the my buddy Joe Summers, who's in Kansas City. But how do you keep sort of the bad actors out? Is it just setting small limits on some of those? If if there are writers of these movies and television shows that happen to come across these bets, how do you kind of keep them out of it to make sure that it's as fair as humanly possible? It is. I mean, first of all, when I do the ads, I don't set the limits. I give them advice on them because some of them, some books are, are going to be a little bit heavy on entertainment by odds to others. So if it gets picked up multiple times, sometimes books will move my numbers. They'll like I'll make them stuff out and send it out and stuff like that. And they might move if they're if they're a book that always bets favorites and they probably juice up the favorite a little bit or whatever. Uh, I usually tell them, hey, the the movie ones, you could probably put up a little bit higher. Oscars, uh, Oscar nights, the weekend of, you can bump the odds a little bit uh, higher and stuff like that because you're going to get two-way action or you're going to get people who are just going to an Oscar party and going to try to bet all long shots. You'll get recovered on that one. So it, it all depends on what kind of book you're playing at and what's their discretion. I mean, I don't tell them, hey, put $1,000 in all these prop bets because, again, mo- I, and I wanted to do these prop bets when I first got into the industry because I always complain about when football's over, sports books in Vegas are dead. Period. A Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there's no action. No one's watching NBA and sports books. No one's watching hockey and sports books. When football's over, it's dead. I kind of want to know how can we get more people into the sports books? How can we get people just to come in? And I thought, okay, maybe if, if we can put up profits, put low limits, they're going to have to cash their ticket and come back. Maybe they'll come back on a weekend, cash it, but the football. So, when the first company I started working for, I gave them that idea. It was an online site. I'm like, hey, here's my idea. You can track it. If I'm wrong, it's no uh, no no sweat off me. I just want to try something. So they put up a oh, we put up a wrestle. It was WrestleMania odds. And I said, every time someone cashes that ticket, you email them because it shows you what. Uh, like if I, I've been in Costa Rica many times and other offshores where you can the, their ally shows where the best come from, what school country it comes from, and you can get there if they're logged in, if they have an account, you have their email address. I go, okay, you'll find out they're from Boston. You know what? Here, congratulations on your $25 bet on John Cena, WrestleMania. Don't forget Boston Bruins are 25 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup, Celtics, blah, blah, blah. And you just write in the email, click on it, and they did a study on how much we do that. People were rebetting all the time, future bets. 
stuff like that. So I'm like, hey, you got something here. And then it just started building on. More people started hearing about it. They're like, wait a minute, you're doing this. And then you're actually sending them emails and say, hey, yeah. I'm like, first of all, you're not getting a million bets on WrestleMania. You're only getting a couple. But but those people, they're going to cash their $50. They're going to want to rebet it. Now now they have a future ticket. Now they're, now they're stuck with your site for that future until that future is over with. So it's more of a it's more of a kind of a circle of life when it comes to sports gambling. Not ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill the sports book because they got uh, uh, future prop bets on on a TV show. Uh, I'm gonna kill them on uh, on the sports. But it's not that. It's all about just trying to keep them in your establishment. No doubt, and and finding the creative ways. And and you're seeing that with you know sites like DraftKings now, where there's all sorts of profit boosts uh, for a game. Maybe you weren't thinking about betting the, the Thursday night game, but now all of a sudden you have a 50% profit boost. If you do a three way parlay, like their, their marketing teams know a thing or two, just yeah. like what you're talking about. Like they will find an opportunity for you to maybe think twice about it as opposed to saying, all right, I'm, I'm done for the night. That actually leads me to another question because I think this is something that a lot of casual betters aren't aware of when it comes to releasing lines. I think most betters would just assume that those behind the book are getting together in the conference room somewhere. All right, we got uh, the the week eight slate. All right, Eagles at Commanders. What do you think? Seven, seven. I don't know. I'd probably go six and a half to try to get to seven. All right, well, you know, we'll set it at six and a half, and then the next book is saying, ah, maybe I like seven. Is that how it's done? And what is actually is the process for where so many of these books? are going to get their initial lines for the week. Is it all in-house or is there other lines that are set and then they're just kind of adjusting up? I mean, when I worked for MGM and uh, properties, there was always like three of us, you know, going back and forth and say, hey, you know what, this number seven, uh, one book. Hey, I, I, I looked at deeper into this last time these two teams played. The uh, the public here was betting all this, so, so you you always you you always know what your book is if you're a favorite book or if you're a dog book, especially in Vegas. Okay, you knew if Arizona was playing or San Diego was playing or the Raiders at the time were in California, we knew we were going to get uh, heavy action on that. I, at MGM, we were a huge Green Bay Packer casino. I have no idea why we always got good action at, at Green Bay Packers. So we knew, all right, if if it's five and a half, a lot of places. We're going to move it to six. We're going to open it up at six because we already know we're going to get Green Bay Packer action no matter what number we're going to put up. So we know what books you are and stuff like that. So that's how we used to do adjusted from a lot. And again, if you open it up in a week in advance, you're going to get that two-way action no matter what. Even if you're even if you're a half point different than maybe the casino next door to you or another one, you're going to get that two-way action. But most likely, if you see that casino that has one a half a point different, they pretty much know, hey, you eat it, hey, we need this action right away because this is the this is what normally comes in at that time. When it comes to maybe laying, I don't want to necessarily call it a trap line. I, I think that's maybe uh, a, a bit overkill. But there's a lot of times, and you might go through the slate and say to yourself, okay, um, Jets and Giants, I, I think is a great game to talk about from, from this perspective. And, and we'll talk about Chiefs and Broncos in a second because I think Chiefs fans will be a little bit surprised in the line movement throughout the course of the week for this game. But the Jets and Giants, yeah, the, the Giants ended up winning a, a game last week against Washington, which certainly surprised a lot of people. But I still think you have a perception of the Jets as being a significantly better team than the Giants, yet here we are for most of the week. It was at three. Now all of a sudden it's almost universally two and a half. That's what it is at DraftKings right now, moving away from the Jets. 
And I think most casual betters are saying, like, they're going to give me the Jets essentially in their home stadium at two and a half against a dog crap Giants team that is still not having much identity on offense. And from a defensive perspective, of course you're going to give to the Jets. Why why is that sort of the case? And, and how often are you noticing those type of lines where it kind of feels like you're sort of laying, letting that trap for the public to say, this feels too good to be true. Northern, when these two teams play any type of kind of a rivalry game and at the home, and you're getting plus money on a home team, you're going to get home dog money right away. Uh, and that's what I saw right away. That's why most uh, books were getting three even money on the Jets and uh, and the Giants uh, were three minus 120 and some books. I don't know if they're still out there. I haven't checked on that one. Uh, but I, that just tells me that it's this was a hard one to, to example because the Giants are not that bad of a team than what their records show. So I, and with Tyler being with Taylor being as their quarterback, I think he's he moves the ball. I think he's in a nice little groove with the offense going on right now. So this one's hard one. And then the Jets, everyone thought everyone buried the Jets when Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers played a blink of an eye, and every quarterback was coming out of retirement to play them. I, I was every phone call I was getting, when are you gonna put a more Jet quarterback practice? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm done, I'm not putting so. <laughs> That one's a tough, but it does seem like a, this one does seem like a trap one. There's two games that I think they're, that are trap games, and it's funny. Both two, I think, are traps. Both are home dogs. Okay. Well, now I feel like I have to, to guess the other one. All right. So we got we got the, the Giants one. I'm actually on the Giants at plus three. I'm going to guess that your other trap line might be the Steelers. Two and a half at home. That is correct. I oh, mean, look at me. Five like starting to throw with the, sh- with the Sharks a little bit. If this game was in London, it wouldn't be a trap game because I'd be all over Jackson- <laughs> Jacksonville. <laughs> I mean, I wish I had Jacksonville's uh, frequent flyer miles because they're, they're, you're racking it up. But this one seems fair. I mean, Pittsburgh played really well coming off a big road win against the Rams. I know their offense is horrible and Canada's probably going to be in Canada next year. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be the offensive coordinator. <laughs> but, I mean, their offense is pr- improving a little bit. Uh, uh, so... It, I, I'm a little bit shocked that you're getting home points from a yellow towel that's going to be all over the place because they're just coming off a big victory. Uh, I have I have a nice future ticket on the Pittsburgh Steelers to win a division. Everyone thought it was everyone was crazy on it, but I think there's a good spot for them to, to, to show them, hey, you know what, we're still here. Yeah, and and if there's anything that I've learned over the years about Mike Tomlin, there has been nobody better in the NFL in covering not just as an underdog since 2007, but um, as a home dog, I, I think Tomlin and I have to double check these numbers here, but something along the lines of like maybe 65 to 70% covering as a home dog over the yeah. course of his career. It almost feels like it's an auto bet. Um, by the way, let me give you one more theoretical home dog that I think is a bit of a trap, especially coming off of last week, Green Bay Packers at home against the Minnesota Vikings seeing anywhere between, uh, let's see what DraftKings has it at. DraftKings has it as the Packers at plus one and a half. Yeah. Um, that, that's going to be a money line bet for me to take Green Bay. Kirk Cousins, over the course of his career, has had all sorts of issues covering the spread after a straight-up win. It's the times you want to bet Kirk Cousins are actually after straight-up losses, where he's been one of the better covering quarterbacks in the NFL. It's always the roller coaster when it comes to Kirk Cousins, and, and I feel like this matchup in Green Bay is going to be exactly that. It, it that does, but I, I don't have faith in love, uh, and so that's the only thing that scares me. If there's any other quarterback, maybe even if, even the Bears rookie quarterback, that I can't even pronounce his name. I think he delivered my I pizza. 
I think he delivered my pizza last time. Secret agent man. Yeah, uh, I I totally understand why people love Green Bay. Totally understand why people are gonna bet that. But uh, I would rather take the other two home dogs than the Green Bay Packers. Before we talk about the uh, the Chiefs and the Broncos, uh, there is a a pretty remarkable trend happening, and, and I I see it's remarkable. Maybe from from your years in this industry. Um, it's not so much. And for anybody that was uh, watching on, on KCTV5, our, our channel, our, our CBS affiliate here in Kansas City, um, you know, everyone from uh, KCSN has the opportunity to go on. And you guys should definitely check that out on KC Sports Tonight for anybody that's in the area here. But one of the things that I've taken away from the first two months of the season is that it is still very much the year of the under. We're seeing 64, 41, and 1 for under so far in 2023. Um, it's looking like the game right now, um, and we're taping this on a Thursday night, but uh, there's a very good possibility that that game out in Buffalo ends up hitting the under as well. That leads me to the point of unders in prime time heading into week eight uh, are 16 and seven. And over the last 25 weeks, unders when it counts to like which week had a winning week for unders versus overs versus versus uh, versus draws. Unders are 15, 3, and 7 overall over the last 25 weeks. When it comes to the, the book's perspective, how much is likely to adjust in those lines that are being set for the totals? Is it is in other words, are, are these trends being noticed by Vegas, or is it really not does it really not matter until they start taking a loss with public starting to buy in on unders? Well, it is. I mean, just look at some of the totals. I mean, there's a 41 of Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. Uh, there's, uh, what is there, uh, uh, 36 and a half of Jets Giants, a 35 of Atlanta and Tennessee. So that you could tell. And I was, I, it's funny, I did an interview this morning and one last night, and they both asked me the same question. What do you think? Oh, I'm like, the year of the quarterback is over, I think. I think now is a year of speed and defense. Uh, and that's why. Even I think the MVP race, I, I would have to say it's either McCaffrey or Tyree Hill. I mean, those. I mean, before before you would always have one, two, three, or four quarterbacks before you even mention uh, a, a, another player as an MVP. I just think right now the year of the quarterback is kind of fading a little bit, and now it's you need speed on the corners, you need speed on safeties, and all that. I think that's why you're seeing a lot of these unders come in. Okay, so you now now you have my attention because it has been what since. Was this since Adrian Peterson, the last yes. time he had a non-quarterback win MVP? So right now we're heading into to week eight, and, and I'm trying to pull up the, the numbers as fast as I can when it comes to um, you know, McCaffrey and, and Tyree Kill when it comes to um you know the actual MVP race. So right now, over in DraftKings, Mahomes here in Kansas City is the, the odds on favorite plus 275. Then two after them, Jalen Hurts at five to one, Lamar. Josh Allen, all those guys. Um, you have to go down to Christian McCaffrey, who I believe is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's the ninth guy on the board. He's 20 to one for the MVP. He scored a touchdown in what the last 16 consecutive games. Uh, and then Tyree Kill currently at 45 to one. Right, so you're you're saying on on this show that even though we know what the history suggests with this award that there is still very good value on the board for both of those two players to be worthy of an MVP consideration. I do. And I know some books have offensive player of the year, and I think McCaffrey and Hill 
are the small favorites or, or close, like plus something. I think plus 120, plus 110. I don't remember uh, uh, what it was. I think the, the next one was Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes were like in the 20s. So uh, I would say, yeah, there's some value just because I, I Patrick Mahomes is getting it just because he's Patrick Mahomes. He's not getting it because he's having a Patrick Mahomes year. I mean, we eat, I've seen him have better years and better stats than he's doing right now. Same thing. I think Lamar, if I had to give one out now, I would give it Lamar Jackson, but before I give it to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so I, I just think McCaffrey's not getting that much love just because of the quarterback and he's being overshadowed by his by his uh, quarterback. Well, maybe he's had two birdies, had two bad games, but uh, I just think McCaffrey and Hill, yeah, give us some love. I mean, I'm sorry, the year of the if the year if there was if these guys were still blowing up numbers, then why are all these dead unders coming in? Yeah, very very fair point. I, I think the the maybe the argument here in Kansas City as to why Mahomes is deserving is, is have you seen the wide receiver room? It's it's not particularly impressive. Uh, in Kansas well, Tom Brady, he never had a really impressive wide receiver room either. Fair enough. Absolutely. And in the early, I will, he had that Randy Moss guy. Um, <laughs> he wasn't a prime, prime Randy Moss. <laughs> no, but he, he got definitely a conversation for another day. And, and you're right. Like the purely based off of the stats, Raphael, like I'm, I'm totally with you. Like it's not the typical Mahomes numbers that we've seen and the turnovers have been there. Um, you know, certainly a little bit more so than, than we've become accustomed to, but a fascinating debate nonetheless. And if you are going to be going down that road for both McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill, um, it's probably the time to do it because if these numbers continue, um, no quarterback at this point has really truly established, established themselves. By the way, if you do believe that the NFL is rigged and it's, you're trying to make it all for show, you can't get Travis Kelsey uh, for NFL MVP at, at 200 to one if you're going to go full in on the Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift mania i can't believe oh. that that's my biggest pet peeve i have so many arguments on social media and on radios when we do phone calls like it's of course every phone call comes in nfl is fixed and all that and i just have to blow up because until you actually work behind the counters and you see the money coming in because i i done research when i worked at mirage we were the book that caught the arizona state uh sports betting scandal for bad for basketball we i've been in so many meetings wow. with the i've been in so many meetings with the ncaa the nfl major league baseball mls when i worked in, in vegas so there's so much stuff that people don't see behind the scenes where uh where uh, it, it, it's i mean cool a bookie maybe uh Think of something and take some kid for college football. Yeah, for a couple of thousands, but there's no way an NFL game is going to be rigged. No way. No, no, no yeah. chance. No, I'm I'm fully with you. Now, maybe an NFL draft or, or an NBA draft, maybe in you know the mid 1980s. Even with Pat Donahue in the NBA, he was he he, no, then, he was yeah. he wasn't in casinos. He was he was mob related and bookie related. It, was, it had nothing to do with. He wasn't placing his bets at Caesar's Palace or or, or the Rio in Las Vegas. So yeah, it, that's my biggest pet peeve. Oh, I mean, the, the sports, uh, the NFL is fixed. I just oh, uh, right. And and as someone who is a, who is a Bears fan in uh, living in Kansas City, I can tell you, I can assure you that this is a league that is that is certainly not fixed. And uh, if it was, um, those in Kansas City are certainly uh, reaping the benefits of it. So you yeah. might as well you might as well enjoy the ride uh, for as long as you can. I do want to mention, though, as, as we continue to have this conversation about everything that you can partake in when it comes to the world of sports betting, uh, especially now because the NBA season did just kick off and die. And I'm sure you got some thoughts on on the NBA tipping off again this week, Raphael. But the wait is finally over for those of you that have been betting NBA. If you haven't been betting college or NFL, 
Uh, this is the opportunity that you do not want to miss out on because basketball is back, NFL is going on, college football, and all of it you can participate with over at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And they're celebrating the start of NBA season with a terrific offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets just for putting down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub. You can also take advantage of DraftKings parlays because everyone's got a shot at even bigger basketball wins. Just string together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. Basketball, football, whatever you're betting is just more fun when you are in on the action. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Go ahead and use that code KCSN. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting $5. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code KCSN. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after they are after they are issued. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Deep breath. Hoosah. Woo. And and I'll throw this out here for all you DraftKings better lovers out there in Kansas City. You know what happens pretty soon? November 6th, college basketball starts. Oh, that's right. And we are going to have you covered, by the way, on, on Benny and the Bets. Uh, hoping that our guy Reed Wallach is going to be back on over at BetSided, uh, one of the sharper college basketball guys I know. Rafael, you're definitely going to have to be back as well uh, ahead of college basketball season because uh, there's just so many games to bet. And best time, to... the best, I'll tell you this real quick the best time to bet college basketball is a college football Saturday. Oh, 100%. Because I've done it. I've done it when I was in the trenches, and I remember it was Notre Dame, USC. And everyone's concentrating on that. And some guy at one window bet uh, 2200 on a Sunbelt game. And we forgot to move it. And uh, we took three other bets uh, from that. From not, not, uh, it was not, not the, the same dollar amount, but three other bets that would have circled it and stuff like that. And we just forgot about it because everybody was focused on college football. Everyone was getting ready to, because Notre Dame USC was kicking off. So you can get some very, very soft numbers during uh, uh, the that time. Hey, college basketball money is the same as football money. I tell people that. By the way, to that point, uh, some of my I, I didn't bet as much WNBA this year as I did last year when I was was working full time and in sports betting content. But I loved betting on the WNBA during oh, yeah. CFL, oh. WNBA. Oh yeah, I, I tell people I love it when people are like, oh, I only bet football now. Why? Oh, because I love NFL. Or I love well, last time I checked, World Series money is the same as college football Saturday money. Oh. WNBA finals money is the same as NFL Monday Night Football money. Yeah. And more and on more often than not, it's, it's those type of moments. And, and there's so many more resources now, too. Like you can go to a site like like Betstamp is where I, I like to track my bets publicly or, or unabated, which has everything in real time um, where you can catch the, the sports book napping a little bit. Maybe it's a it's a first quarter play uh, and one book has it at, at nine and a half and the other yeah. just moves it to 13 and a half. And all of a sudden you've got four points on, on a first quarter play for a Sunbelt game, like you said. That just maybe they don't have the the manpower at that point to really be paying attention to. And I've done it. I've slept because I was too focused on the almighty pigskin. So so I, I get it. And it happens. It happens all the time. Yes. All right. So let's let's get your perspective on the Kansas City Chiefs. I know we talked a little bit about Mahomes and 
and uh, the former chief in Tyreek Hill. Who's Moneyline? Give it to me. No, it's joking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so so here's where this game uh, left off. And I, I should mention, too, just for, for context's sake, um, the Chiefs are always going to be a very public play week in, week out. I, I think we've all become accustomed to that. But the odds have moved from where this line opened at eight uh, last Sunday afternoon. It has since gone down to seven. Uh, Broncos are at home. Chiefs have not lost to the Broncos since 2015. I think they've won their last 13 consecutive games against AFC West opponents. Denver obviously getting a big win at home last week against Green Bay. Uh, let's start with this spread here, Rafael. Do you look at this movement from Denver plus eight to plus seven as just betters not understanding the trends that typically come with a home dog that is a dog by more than a touchdown? Uh, history will tell you, especially in the second matchup of the season, that more often than not, this is going to be a very advantageous spot. Even if you don't necessarily love the team, it's more of the spot. What I understood, and I can't mention specifics on this, but uh, heavy money came in on Denver. And uh, normally heavy money, I mean heavy, heavy money. And I think the reason why they accepted that heavy money from multiple places, because they know they're going to get Kansas City money. So I have a feeling, this is just my gut feeling, that some Joe Schmo came up to uh, a sports book and said, hey, can I get XXY? On the, on the Denver Broncos. And uh, I'm sure that probably casino, sportsbook, whatever, is like, hey, you know what? Do you want Z, 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 Z money? We'll give you more money. And they're like, oh, sure, I'll take that money. I'll take that. So I have a feeling that uh, they got they found someone that, that wanted Denver, probably asked him, or either either that bet went through and others found out, oh, so-and-so bet it, and then they t- piled on it like, like they did when Walters would bet it. Uh, I, I have a feeling that's what, because I saw the significant amount of money came in on that day where the numbers was, was starting to uh, slid down uh, to Denver's uh, Denver movement. Now I can guarantee you that number is going to go back because A, it's a, it's a late afternoon game. The Kansas City Chiefs are my New England Patriots in the nine, in, the, in the early 20s, uh, 2000s with Tom Brady and all that, where we were, we were begging and praying for Tom Brady not to cover uh, and stuff like that. So Kansas City money will come in and uh, we'll, we'll don't balance the books out. And, and I, don't see Denver winning, but uh, that's I think that's my story of what happened because I did see the significant amount of money come in. Yeah, and, and, and the number will back that up as well. According to the latest real-time splits uh, for DraftKings from VEASAN, uh, right now, uh, actually as we're taping this, uh, you know, 10.04 p.m. Eastern time on the 26th, uh, 84% of the bets are on Kansas City, uh, but 26% of the money is coming on Denver, so a ten percent difference between bet percentage and handle percentage, which would certainly make sense as to why that number would move. Um, I, I guess give me your overall assessment uh, on this Kansas City team going out of the road to Denver. Really, for any team, is tough, regardless of, of the talent on the field. But because of Kansas City's familiarity, because of Mahomes' success against Denver over the course of his career, do you look at the seven and say? This, this feels like a reasonable number to consider Kansas City. You're getting them at a better number than if you would have bet them at the beginning portion of the week. Or maybe you look at it if it's seven, seven and a half and say, this might be an opportunity to tease Kansas City down to one with another team that you like to maybe move it past those numbers of seven, three. What's, what's your assessment as to how you would consider betting this matchup? This week? I would say bet it now. 
I mean, because I think it, it's going to be a very popular straight bet, tease bet, money line bet, parlay bet. And Kansas City is going to be in a lot of tickets. So why would you wait if that does move back to seven and a half and eight uh, on Saturday or on Sunday kickoff and stuff like that? So if you want to look at, I say, if you got, like Kansas City, which I do, because I'm not sold on Denver at all, uh, I, I would take it now. If you're going to take the seven, if you're going to tease it and take another team, or if you're going to do that money line parlay. So if you lose, my wife can pay off her addicted Amazon Prime shopping that she does. Uh, I would do it now because I think me and you both agree there's no way this is going to be seven at kickoff. I would be totally blown away if it's six and a half or still stayed at seven uh, by kickoff. Because I don't think Taylor Swift's going to be there because uh, so that, that's, that money is not going to be Right. That, that's true. As far as the amount of public money that can move a line back in another direction, is there ever, is there ever a number, or is are the books typically going to follow with follow the professionals and usually stick with it? They'll follow them, but they'll circle them. So if they have a, if they know have a known professional that bet Denver early, and they see all this public money and all that, I can guarantee you they're emailing, texting them, and stuff like that. Hey, you bet Denver early. You want some more? And stuff like that. Because this is, uh, I always tell people, when you get barred from a sports, that means you did something dumb or stupid or, or stuff like that. I used to tell, my, I used to, when I worked in Vegas, I would tell the wise guys and all that, hey, you know what? If you want more action, talk to me, stuff like that. Don't do anything behind my back or when I'm not here or stuff like that. I can give you what you want. I can call the boss and say, hey, you know what, Joe Smith, and his limit's 2200 He's a fair guy. He's always bets. He always says, gives up all his information, blah, blah, blah. He wants 33 on this game. Sure, give it to him. He wants more in this game. Give it to him. They will give you more if you're if you're treated, respected. And then it's instead of, okay, all those managers are gone. Go to the kiosk and just bet t- all these parlays in right now and key one team. Then, of course, they're going to bar you out there and stuff like that. So uh, I, I would say stay away from that aspect if you want to try to get the best numbers in Vegas. Introduce yourself to the sportsbook, guys. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, Jeff Benson is, is a guy that I've had an opportunity to, to interest myself to over at Circa in Las Vegas and could have been a nicer guy. And you're right, like the, the opportunity to just have a little bit of fun and, and know that it's it's part of the industry, like yeah. the, the, the casual conversation and, and being able to get a little bit more familiar, because if it's something that you're really enjoying, like you said, from the very beginning of the show, Raphael, like this should be this should be fun, too. Before I let you go, as far as the rest of the slate goes, uh, I mentioned a, a few games. I told you I like the Giants this week at plus three. Also like Washington at home plus seven. And another divisional game as a seven-point uh, home dog against a division rival that they played really well on the road uh, from earlier before. Green Bay plus one and a half is another one that, that I'm considering as well. Uh, I'll probably end up taking the Chiefs as well if I can keep it at seven before, like you said, that line moves up. What else on the board do you have your eye on for this week, if anything at all? I'm going back to I'm going to Monday night. I mean, because I'm going to be forced. I have to be forced to watch Monday Night Raw because I have a pay per view next week that to do odds on that one uh, for, for WWE. But uh, I think more people might be watching Raw because the Lions play the Raiders, and I want nothing to do with the Raiders. We all saw what happened with the Lions at Baltimore. I think Baltimore just scored against against their defense again. Whereas me and you are talking right now. I think the Lions' defense is going to be up for this challenge because they were embarrassed on TV. I think the offense is going to be rolling. I think they're going to be. I think the Raiders are not going to be able to stop the run game with Detroit. Uh, I'm a little bit shocked in this one. I thought it was going to be higher uh, than the spread is. I think the line. I know. I normally don't like to lay big numbers on this one, but oh, 
I feel bad for the Raiders. At least the Aces won back-to-back champions for the WNBA, and at least the Golden Knights are perfect as as of right now. We're doing the show on Thursday because uh, I would feel bad for the Raider fans. Even UNLV football is battling for the Western for the Mountain West this week against San Jose State. That's how bad the Raiders is. The UNLV football is better than them. Yeah, I forgot to mention I am on the Lions, and I teased them with the Ravens earlier this week to get both of those games down to minus two. Uh, Ravens might be a little bit too late for that nine and a half currently against yeah. Arizona. But if you're looking for a teaser play with Kansas City, maybe you can go ahead and take the Lions, move them from eight down to, to two. Chiefs from minus seven down to minus one. Ravel, this was super insightful. This was great knowledge. I love the opportunity to have you on the show. Where can everybody find you? Where can they find your work? Where can they find your updated odds? And uh, what what more can you share with uh, our people to make sure that uh, you get a nice little bump in uh, in your social media? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at VSI Doc Sports. You can find me on Instagram at Rapiola Sparza. You can find me at DocSports.com and my personal website, YouCanBetThat.com. That's to you, like the university you. You can bet that.com. Uh, I, I love it just because I, I try to show the enjoyment of uh, of sports betting. I like to call it water cooler talk. If you can go to the office and stuff like that and say, hey, can you know you can bet on this and stuff like that? So it's uh, I was the first person to put up Bigfoot odds in Colorado. So what more, <laughs> what more can you be enjoyment of? I, I, I think you're spot on. This is so much fun, Rafael. Thank you so much for making time with us here on Betty and the Bets. We'll have to do it again soon. Anytime. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.